1060 KDUS Tempe Phoenix and KSLX HD2 Scottsdale Phoenix. It's time to hit the field with Extra Point featuring Kayla Mortolaro and Bob Kemp on KDUS AM 1060. Tweet the show at KDUS AM 1060 or give us a call at 602-260-1060. The snap is back. The hold is down. You can't miss with this combination. And the extra point is good. Welcome in to Extra Point here on KDUS AM 1060. Follow along with us online at KDUS1060.com and with the KDUS 1060 app. It is Friday. It is December 8th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. That's right. It's Friday, so that means Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. There's only one college football game to get into, so we'll touch on a few of historical items surrounding that particular game. We'll also dive into quarterbacks that are in the transfer portal already. Uh, Some big names are in the portal as it is right now. And then, of course, for Friday spread, we will certainly get into all of the NFL action here for week number 14. Along with Friday spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits, if you are today's winner of the $100 gift certificate, uh, make sure you come with your week weekend play because we are looking to go four in a row and hit 11 wins so far on the season so that's what's on the line here for the weekend and of course money is going to charity at season's end let's set the scene though with today's poll questions and we'll get things started with the kdus1060.com poll question this game has plenty of implications in the NFC East, as well as the NFC in totality. It's a game taking place in Dallas, so who wins, the Cowboys or the Eagles? And the Cowboys here now out in front at 57% of the vote, Eagles trailing at 43%. Yeah, hopefully this game will be as good as the first game they played in Philadelphia. I thought both teams played well in that game, 28-23. Philadelphia ended up winning that game. That was on November the 5th, and – yeah, clearly one of the best games of the NFL season. So hopefully we can see that uh, level of play again on Sunday. That'd be fun. Absolutely. That question gets officially answered by us around 1230 today. Still plenty of time for you to cast your vote. Tossing this on over to Twitter at KDUS AM 1060. Bob had a conversation. Bob Nightingale, USA Today. Of course, the big thing that has everyone uh, on the edge of their seats. Where is Shohei Otani going to play baseball in 2024? So which team is the best fit for him? The Dodgers, the Giants, or the Blue Jays? And the Blue Jays continue to lead the way here at 65.2% of the vote. Dodgers trailing at 24.1%. And the Giants sitting at 107 percent of the vote this is on twitter at kdus am 1060 yeah to kind of give you a little summary here uh, you know a year ago literally this year this exact week last year when the winter meetings were i can't remember where they had the winter meetings last year but whenever they had them wherever they had it might have been here uh last year wherever they were uh bob nightingale who joined us in the last hour uh, talked about you know about Otani to the Dodgers because you know we knew this was going to happen this off season if he weren't traded before the trade deadline. Remember all that shenanigans and all those things going on with the Angels. 
and they foolishly decided not to trade him then. Uh, now they're going to get like a compensatory draft pick for him when he doesn't re-sign with the Angels in the next few days here, or whenever that's is going to be. Uh, but uh, Bob still thinks the Dodgers are the favorite in his mind. Uh, there was a you know, report out there this morning that the Jays, that there was actually uh, supposedly a private plane that left uh, Orange County and was, you know, you know, you have to give like a flight plan, I guess. Uh, it was headed to Toronto, so there was speculation. They didn't know who was on the plane, uh, that that might be Otani and Team Otani or whatever it is, Otani, going to Toronto uh, to uh, announce a contract signing or something or sign a contract itself. But apparently that that's not completely accurate. Uh, so who knows? Uh, the Giants, unfortunately, seem to be like the you know, runners-up in all these. Remember last year they actually thought they had an opportunity to get Aaron Judge, who was a Northern California guy uh, in his high school and college days, and uh, they didn't land him. They actually offered more money than the Yankees did eventually to re-sign uh, Judge. And now it looks like that they're not going to get Otani either. And uh, they might be going after Cody Bellinger, Valley product, next if they don't land Otani. Uh, the winter meetings were in San Diego last year. Oh, okay. Well, that's a good move. I mean, I've never been – you've been to Nashville? I've never been to Nashville. I, I actually have. I was at the airport once and got stuck there for like three hours, but I never left the airport. I've never done the Nashville thing. I've done the Memphis thing. Okay. Um, I've done that, but uh, – yeah, anyway, so that's where they were this uh, past week. Uh, so that is another question that we will answer today around 1230. As I mentioned, Friday spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Pay them a visit at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler and uh, check out all that they have for the upcoming holiday season. Uh, fill up your dinner uh, table with plenty of goods from Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. As it is for the weekend specials, certified Angus Beef Choice Tri-Tip Roast at $12.99 a pound. And Bob, here we go for you. Eight ounce. All right. You know where I'm going. Eight yeah, ounce. I do. <laughs> bacon wrapped boneless prime pork chops at two for twelve dollars, and fresh all natural jumbo party style style chicken wings at four ninety nine a pound. Those are the weekend specials for Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Von Hansen's Meats dot Let's touch on a little bit from Thursday night football. It seems like an offensive explosion there for the Patriots with 21 points in the first half. Uh, they had a couple of drives, and they took advantage of a short field in another situation. Bailey Zappi was 19 of 28, 240 yards, three touchdowns, one interception. Uh, Hunter Henry caught two of those touchdown passes on his birthday, so happy birthday to Hunter Henry. When it comes to the Steelers, they tried to rally late there, but there was a controversial call on fourth and four with the punting unit out there for the Steelers. They ended up calling it a false start on the center, but uh, a Patriots player definitely jumped off sides. Very close call. Not a single person I have seen is backing the actual call on the field that it should have probably been first down Steelers. Don't know that that actually changed anything because the offense still had to move it down the field, but not a good call. Yeah, uh, I don't feel sorry for the Steelers. I mean, their offense is a mess this issue. The thing that Matt Canada being fired was going to change their offense. Well, they've now played three games without him. They've scored a total of four offensive touchdowns in those games. They don't have a quarterback, whether it's Pickens or Trubisky. They just don't have one. 
and unfortunately, there's uh, several teams in the NFL that don't really have a starting quarterback of uh, starting caliber that we've seen in least in past years, in many past years. And now they've got some, you know, they've had some insubordination from you know some of their own players on the field. Uh, Deontay Johnson, the game against Cleveland, uh, the first game without uh, you know, with with a new offensive regime in charge. Uh, that wasn't good. And then George Pickens was pouting and raising hell on the sidelines last night after he didn't get the ball a couple times. You mentioned Mitchell Trubisky here. Uh, you know, I, I I don't know that he should have been drafted where he was drafted. So maybe it's kind of unfortunate for, for him of how we view him in that lens because of his draft selection. But it seems to me uh, that he has certainly regressed. You talked about it that the last two games, there seemed to be just a ton of confusion about what to do on the offensive side of the ball. And the consistent thing there is for the majority of the game against the Cardinals, it was Mitchell. Trubisky and in this contest it was him starting yeah I maybe asking the wrong guy about Trubisky here I've never understood the fascination uh, maybe I just was uh, you know kind of uh, led astray at the start he's an Ohio kid Ohio State had no interest in uh, you know him as a quarterback in college they actually recruited him as a safety uh, and they had no interest in him as a quarterback. He ends up at North Carolina, starts for one year, uh, was good enough that one year. And I didn't even think he was really – when I watched him in college at Carolina for that one year, I never thought, my God, this is an NFL star of the future, let alone one of the top draft picks the following year. Uh, so I didn't understand any of that process. And there's never been a time ever – that I thought he was really anything more than an average at best NFL quarterback. And I'm not backing off on that now. Hopefully I do uh, eventually because that means he'd actually become good in the NFL right now. Maybe more than I can remember ever needs more good quarterbacks. And they don't have one. In fact, neither of these teams have one. And they've got like four guys between them. That quarterback conversation uh, that we had actually kind of all week, Wednesday, Thursday, more extensively. We'll carry it again into today. We went through 1 through 13 of the quarterbacks heading into week 14 and their rankings, 13, of course, being Kyler Murray. And then you wanted to know some of the quarterbacks beyond Kyler Murray and kind of sense where you think those particular quarterbacks are uh, this season in the NFL. So we'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Uh, You had mentioned after the Steelers lost to the Cardinals that Steelers radio was really despondent, thinking it was one of the worst losses uh, in the Tomlin era here. Now you have back-to-back losses to teams heading into the contest that had just two wins on the season here. The Steelers are now sitting at 7-6, and 4-4 four and four at home, and I know that still week 14 for the rest of the league has to get underway, but as it is right now, the Steelers have fallen out of the playoff picture. Thank God. Uh, the last thing I want to do is watch these clowns in the playoffs. Uh, their offense, I should say. The offensive clowns. Uh, you know, it's unfortunate that, that their defense doesn't have a better offense because their defense is still pretty good. Uh, but this also is the first time. Sunday was the first time in Tomlin's 17 seasons that the Steelers had ever lost to a team with 10 losses or more. Last night was the second time. 
twice in five days after zero for the first 16-plus years of his career there. Heading into the weekend that is upcoming, just a brief look at the AFC playoff picture. Right now, the one seed is the Dolphins sitting at 9-3. and three. The Ravens are the two seed, 9-3. and three. The Chiefs, 8-4. and four. Uh, As it is right now with the third seed, that the road to the Super Bowl would have to come on the road for the Chiefs. Number four is the Jags at 8-4. and four. The Browns sitting in the five seed at 7-5. and five. Colts now 7-5 and five in the sixth seed. Seventh seed, Texans seven and five crazy to think that right now three afc south teams are in at the moment even though everyone kind of had suspicions that this would be the worst division in the afc uh, beyond suspicions we were pretty sure weren't we <laughs> at least i was <laughs> i'm definitely in that camp for sure uh no doubt and uh you know the uh, you know, the you mentioned the the chiefs and the, the, they've not played a road game in the afc uh, since Mahomes has been the starting quarterback, obviously they played some road games in the Super Bowl, uh, but they've not played a they've not, they've had home field advantage every year in the AFC playoffs since he's been their starter. And just briefly, the NFC playoff picture as it stands now, uh, plenty of implications as we touched on a little bit earlier upcoming this weekend. The Eagles still have the one seed at 10 and 2, the 49ers in the two seed at 9 and 3, the Lions in the three seed at 9 and 3, the Falcons, the four seed at 6 and 6. Somebody's got to win the division. Yeah, that's true. In the fifth seed is the Cowboys at nine and three. Sixth seed, the Vikings, six and six. And right now, the Packers have ascended into the seventh seed at six and six. Let me add one more thing to that Falcons thing. I heard on Veasan uh, you know, speculated this week that you know, they, you know obviously somebody has to win the division. They get a home playoff game, and they could be at least a touchdown underdog at home in a playoff game, and maybe maybe double digits depending on who they're playing. That sounds great, doesn't it? I can't wait. Well, you know, one thing I was right about this season, actually, uh, you know, knock on countertop here, I've been right on quite a few things so far in the NFL season. Hopefully it can last for a few more weeks here. Uh, but I predicted that there would be more double-digit favorites than we've ever seen in the NFL, and apparently we're on pace for that. I also have a little tidbit about favorites when we get into the NFL Friday spread portion of things. So remind me to point that out yeah. when we get there. <laughs> You're asking me to remind you something? This life has changed here. Um, I will, you know, the reason I said that is there's never been this many bad teams in the NFL, and there are actually more bad teams than I anticipated there would be actually in the month of September when I first said that about the double-digit favorites. Army-Navy, that's the college football game of the weekend. We'll touch on that as well as the transfer portal for college football on the other side of the break. Interact with Bob Kemp's poll question on KDUS1060.com. That's KDUS1060.com. And while you're there, check out Bob Kemp's bottom line at KDUS1060.com. December 8th, Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock today, as we typically do Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. There's just one and one college football game this weekend, the Army-Navy contest. 
Over on the FanDuel Sportsbook app, Army minus two and a half, Navy plus two and a half. The over-under sitting at 27 and a half. Uh, a couple of things of note here. This is the 124th time these two will meet on the football field, and it'll be the first time ever meeting in Massachusetts, and the game is set to be played at Gillette Stadium. Navy holds an all-time 62-54 and 7 edge. The 2022 contest was the first game to ever go into overtime. In fact, it went into double overtime when Army prevailed. But obviously with the total here, we had kind of alluded to it yesterday being really low, 27 and a half. I mean, the under seemed to be a thing here and you have the historical data for that. Yeah, in fact, uh, you know, either betting or in a in a pool that I'm in, uh, we've had this game under forever, uh, and then they this game had gone under for 15 straight seasons until last year, and the only reason it went over is because it went in overtime. Uh, that's you know, it was still you know, if the game had ended, it would have gone under again. Uh, so we'll see what happens uh, this year, but. Uh, you know, the, uh, the, really the worldwide consensus number on Thursday night for the total was 27 and a half. And uh, I don't know any, really know much about either of these teams. I watched uh, Navy play like a half of football this year against Notre Dame when they got killed in the first game. I watched a little Army against Air Force earlier this year because I had the wrong side in that game with an Air Force uh, thing and then the quarterback thing with the injury. And that was a mess, so I quit watching that game. So that's about that's my knowledge of Army and Navy for this year. Uh, other than the fact, uh, I would like to actually go to this game someday. I'm not sure if that's going to happen at this stage of my life, but it looks like something that would be I, it'd be I'd be you know, not just the game, but you know all the pageantry before the game. You know the teams, you know basically you know at the end of the game getting together on the field. And that that whole thing, I would like to witness that live sometime. Well, we could still get you a ticket uh, to head out to Massachusetts. Uh, you could fly into Providence. We could t- get you on the the train, and you can go on up to uh, uh, Gillette Stadium. It's really easy. Okay. Well, I think I'd have to get some winter clothes between now and then too. So, oh, that's also true. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, right now, as we, as we speak, I'm sitting here with a golf shirt and shorts on, so I don't think that would be uh, – that would not work. <laughs> well, uh, then we can plan for next year, which is uh, Landover, Maryland, so maybe we can – Okay. You know, they actually had it at the Rose Bowl a few years ago, uh, so they could do that again maybe, right? Because they have moved this game around some. It was in Philadelphia for a long time. Yes. Uh, but they, they, they've moved it around, so let's go back to California. I would think that teams would like to go to the warm weather, I would think. So you know, that's just a healthy suggestion on my part (laughs) well if i'm looking at this correctly here the last time it was in california bob are you ready for this 1983 well no it was uh, since then really yeah i thought it was since then okay well then i'm way off i mean i thought it was like the early 2000s or something um so i'll I'll double check that but here we go uh it's gonna be in foxborough uh on saturday tomorrow and then 2024 landover maryland 2025 baltimore maryland 2026 east rutherford new jersey and then 2027 back Mm. to philadelphia pennsylvania so regardless of options you'll be packing your winter clothes oh lord okay well 
you know, 27 and a half points in Foxborough, that might be the most anybody's seen in Foxborough this season for a long time, you know, for most of the year. So there you go. Daggers. Daggers being People, thrown. You know, the, the, the ushers that are there for the Patriots games are going to be just, you know, somebody scores like two touchdowns in a quarter, they're just going to fall over in shock. <laughs> they're not going to know what to do when touchdowns are scored. <laughs> uh, let's get into yeah, some yeah, other... What, 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 are they, what are they raising their hands for? <laughs> so, <laughs> what, are the, what, what are the officials raising their hands for doing like, a, you know, the, the touchdown thing? What is that? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, college football news here. We'll get into this uh, in place of more games, and then we'll dive into Friday spread with the NFL and the other side of the break. But college football news, uh, there is the 30-day winter transfer portal, which is officially open. Players have until January 2nd, 2024 to enter the portal. That does not mean that they actually have to find a new school by then. They just have to declare themselves in the portal by January 2nd of 2024. And even though they are in the portal, if they go through the process here, they can actually return to their school if they do want Correct. to. So those yeah. are I the think rules. That, uh, yeah, and I think that last part is not talked about very often, it seems. It is just assumed. And most guys are going to move and go to the other schools, but uh, I think that it's assumed by everybody that it automatically means that these guys are leaving. Pete Futak, friend of the program here, collegefootballnews.com, he had a tweet out this week. By his rough count and estimation, out of the 80 bowl teams not in the CFP, at least 25 possible starting quarterbacks are in the transfer portal or yeah. opting out for the NFL. That kind of goes along the lines of what we talked about on Monday of just how bowl games, uh, the whole bowl season has changed dramatically. And uh, the teams that you could potentially be watching are not even the same team that played the entire season. Yeah, I don't think there is, at least in my mind, that the NIL and the uh, transfer portal I'm pretty sure it's accurate to say that uh, that this has not worked out the way that the powers to be actually thought that it would when they first instituted these new uh, rules, restrictions, et cetera, or lack of restrictions for the most part. Uh, I think you're right on that front. Um, I think probably because there was no definitive really guidelines and everything just kind of – started to take on a life of its own and now the cat's out of the bag how do you go back it seems like the ncaa wanted congress to step in and make rules about things and congress said we want nothing to do with this so again you're still kind of like well everything is just taking on a life of its own and uh now here we are I think that's one of the few smart things that Congress has done for like the last 200 years. So good for them um, as far as that goes. Um, yeah, it's uh, yeah, the fact that you've got some you know, you know, schools that you know, have uh, the opportunity and can raise enough money to offer millions of dollars uh, in a pool uh, amongst players. And uh, you know, most other schools can't do that. I think the result on the on the field itself is there's never been a time. And just look at the college football playoff rankings in, in the month of November when hardly anything. The top eight teams didn't change the whole time. Uh, that's because we have more of a top-heavy uh, sport in college football now than we've had in a long, long time. It seemed, seemingly some people thought that this is going to level the playing field 
<laughs> it has done the complete opposite. It's become more of a power structure, you know, top team powerhouses and, you know, pretty much everybody else. It's more that now than I can remember in the last 25 long, at least 25 years, probably longer than that. I mean, it's, there's no equity in this sport at all anymore. And my enjoyment of watching college football this year, unfortunately, I think largely because of all of this, was less than any year that I can remember watching college football. There's been, there's just so few games that the you know, the the powerhouse teams are playing the same level. I mean, it's just it's not right. I mean, the conferences are almost everyone, almost every major conference this year was really top heavy. Like I I can't remember before. To, to that point, um, you know, just the the changing of everything for next year with the Big Ten alone, uh, welcoming in Oregon, UW, USC, and UCLA, um, you know, some of those teams coming in, UW in the CFP, Oregon, we had, you know, some thoughts about them being what they were this year. The bottom tier teams in the Big Ten are now going to be even further away from, I guess, competing, if you will. So I don't know that this whole thing is is working out great. It's working out horribly. Um, yeah, so I don't think there's I don't think there's much of an argument there. On to the transfer portal here, though. CBSSports.com, as of December 6th, so a couple of days ago, uh, 17 quarterbacks were officially in the transfer portal. And according to the 24-7 sports transfer rankings, have a four-star grade. It's crazy to think now that there's, you know, the 24-7 rankings for players coming out of high school, going into college. Now they have transfer rankings as well. So a (laughs) four-star grade for 17 quarterbacks in the transfer portal. We'll just go through through a few of these quarterbacks of uh, where they're coming from and CBSSports.com's best fit. Aiden, uh, I'm probably going to say his last name wrong. Uh, Chile is there from Oregon State. Best fit, Michigan State. And it's because Jonathan Smith recruited him to Oregon State. Smith has left for Michigan State, so it seems like he will follow him over there. And, of course, he didn't even start at Oregon State. That's correct. Um, Dante Moore, UCLA, CBSSports.com, saying best fit for him is Michigan. Even if J.J. McCarthy returns to Michigan, Moore can sit behind him and uh, also Moore being from Detroit. I first heard about this possibility in, like, October. Uh, Whenever he got benched uh, because he sucked. Uh, You know, his first three Pac-12 games, he threw a pick six in every one of those games. And then he got benched, and I remember we – I even talked about this, at least in the sports zone, maybe here during the extra point, uh, you know, months ago it seemed like, but it's several weeks, but it was in the month of October for sure that the talk about him going to Michigan because it seems like McCarthy is definitely going to the NFL, that was out there then. Wasn't it also a lot surrounding more before the season even got got started uh, that like he wasn't even going to stay at UCLA because it kind of seemed like he wasn't going to start. Then all of a sudden, yeah, he's going to start. So it almost it almost seemed like they didn't feel he was ready to go. But the pressure uh, that he was going to leave, they caved, they started him. And then, as you say, in those three games, three pick sixes in a row and they said now hold on we got to save our season here we're going to go with somebody with more experience in Ethan Garbers 
Well, he didn't start. Garber started the season. I mean, you know, the first game. I mean, Moore didn't start that game. Uh, but by the time they got into some Pac-12 games, he was starting and you know, he was awful. Uh, and, uh, you know, remember, he originally you know, actually was going to go to Michigan uh, very early of his high school career. Uh, and then he ended up committing to Oregon. And then he ended up going to UCLA. And now he's supposedly going back to Michigan. Cameron Ward here, Washington State. Best fit, according to CBSSports.com. I'm very curious to see what you think here. Ohio State. Uh, they they list here that Ryan Day has a background with developing quarterbacks here, and Ward's ability to make off-script plays makes more sense than a Kyle McCord style of play did. Uh, this seems to be, you know, at least people in Columbus seem to think that this is as close to a done deal as there is. Um yeah, you know, bad news for Cam Ward. He had a not a good offensive line at Washington State, and the Ohio State offensive line, as I've pointed out, really since before the season even began, not good. And uh, a couple of their you know, guys that were not that particularly good this year are seniors, so they're moving on. Will Howard uh, playing at Kansas State looks like best fit for him would be USC. Howard can run the ball. He did have 351 yards, nine touchdowns in 2023, and he could be a perfect bridge quarterback. I'm not sure how this is going to work. Um, you know, I'm not, you know, Howard's not a guy. Maybe it was just the offense that he played in at Kansas State. He wasn't uh, just chuck it around every play type of guy. So it doesn't seem like the Lincoln-Riley offense uh, would fit what at least Howard has done in his college career to this point. But right. that's maybe not his fault. That might, might, just, might have just been the system. Riley Leonard with Duke, uh, best fit here, Notre Dame. He could give Notre Dame a better look on offense with his running ability. Also just kind of ironic uh, that he was having the season that he was before the ankle injury he suffered against Notre Dame. Uh, I did see that he was having an official visit here this week. I don't know if he's really a good passer or not. I mean, he's more of a runner, at least what we've seen in two years at Duke, or the two years where he had success at Duke. Uh, certainly a run first guy. Uh, if he actually has to drop back and throw on a regular basis, I'm not sure if he can do that. Uh, D Dylan Gabriel, Oklahoma, best fit they're saying here is Oregon in his five seasons because he's played at UCF and Oklahoma, 14,865 yards and 125 touchdowns. A lot of talk he's going to Florida State. So this surprises me a little bit about their best, uh, most likely destination thing. Kyle McCord, Ohio State, best fit for them is Pitt because of his ties to the Pennsylvania area. That makes sense. I've even heard Penn State, which is interesting because Penn State still has a quarterback. And will, last, I heard, last I heard, they do. Yeah, right. Will Rogers, <laughs> Mississippi State, they have best fit for him, Washington. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, Will Rogers, obviously, I feel, you know, don't feel sorry for him because uh, I'm sure he would not we want, want, want anybody to feel sorry for him. But his whole world as a college quarterback changed. He was perfect in the Mike Leach offense. Obviously, Leach passed away about a year ago, and they went to more of a run-oriented uh, style on offense, and that does not fit his skills at all. So, you know, uh, good for him that he stuck it out for a year. Bad for him that he probably should have left before last season. 
And the last thing that we wanted to touch on here, this has already uh, happened. Mac John- Max Johnson from Texas A&M going to be the next North Carolina quarterback. I think this is just a joke. I mean, I, I, it's not. It's going to happen, but it, this is it, it's going to happen. And I think this is just Mac Brown's latest mistake, of uh, which there have been many. Uh, we have uh, Johnson wasn't a good quarterback at LSU. He wasn't a good quarterback at Texas A&M. If his dad weren't Brad Johnson, I wonder how much uh, interest there would actually be in him. Uh, what anybody has seen of him as a passer in two different schools in the SEC, I don't get it. Uh, yeah, I'm not the biggest Drake May fan, but he's nowhere near Drake May as far as a passer goes. Friday spread by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. We dive into the NFL action on the other side of the break. As a reminder here, the weekend specials, certified Angus beef choice tri-tip roast at $12.99 a pound, eight-ounce bacon-wrapped boneless prime pork chops at two for $12, and fresh all-natural jumbo party-style chicken wings at $4.99 a pound. Pay them a visit at 2390 North Alma School Road in Chandler and vonhansensmeats.net. NFL games. We dive into it next. Check out KDUS AM 1060 on 100.7 KSLX HD2. That's right, HD Radio on 100.7 channel number two. on this Friday, December 8th. Bob Kemp, Kayla Mortolaro here with you up until 1 o'clock as we typically do. Mondays, Wednesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays around 12.15 we'll make room for Brian Blewis of Pro Football Network to join us to chat all things NFL props. As it is now, we're diving into Friday Spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Before we get into the game, games, I should say, I have my tidbit that involved Favorites. So far, we have in the last two weeks, favorites have gone 20 and 9 ATS. Not that uh, I have no explanation for this. I'm, you know, I don't know what it was before then. And uh, I'm not a big person as far as trends. I should rephrase that. I'm, I really don't pay much attention to these trends because they can flip and change anytime. Uh, I don't really care what's happened in the past. I'm just trying to forecast what might happen in the future. Maybe I've been going about this incorrectly, but I don't think so. Uh, it's, I think it's worked out pretty well for me over the years. And, you know, whether, uh, you know, maybe I'm just too stubborn to change my ways. But, uh, you know, this really doesn't mean much for, to me at all. Just kind of pointing out what we were talking about with favorites being uh, double-digit favorites how there has been a very big disparity in the league and these teams are covering their fa- their heavy spreads as well. The Rams and the Ravens. Is that the case for the entire season though? I, that I don't know. Uh, but, you know, it's, uh, I would assume that if uh, the, the disparity thing is uh, really has, you know, if it's valid at all, this has been a season long thing. And I apologize. I just don't keep track of that. So I don't know if that's the case or not. I will have to look it up in the next break. 
Uh, the Rams and the Ravens. Rams plus seven and a half. Ravens minus seven and a half. Over under sitting at 40 and a half. Numbers coming to you from the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Uh, the Ravens are coming off of a bye. The Rams are fr- flying across the country when it comes to the run game. Kyrene Williams in the last two games that he's been back since injury. Uh, 143 yards on 16 carries against the Cardinals. 88 yards on 21 carries last week against the Browns. Puka Nakua is the first wide receiver, rookie wide receiver, that is, to hit 1,000 yards after week 13 since Justin Jefferson did it. He has had 77 catches, 1,029 yards, four touchdowns. Lamar Jackson, though, uh, he's been dealing with an illness all week long. And also you have to factor in OBJ versus the Rams. Uh, Jackson is reportedly practicing today. He's on the practice field. He wasn't out there yesterday. If I remember correctly, he's missed more than just a practice or two in recent years because of an illness, and that's why he supposedly did not participate yesterday. Uh, But he supposedly, I just heard this on NFL Network within the last 15 or 20 minutes here, a couple breaks ago during our show here, that he's uh, on the practice field today. So that would seem to be a good thing. The bad thing is for everybody, there could be a deluge apparently uh, in this game on Sunday. Uh, so there's something to factor in. Obviously, the total's gone down uh, in this game and a few other games in the East Coast, a couple of points at least uh, because of the projected weather. And, you know, depending on, you know, obviously, uh, you know, Baltimore's, uh, you, know, you know, in a situation where there's, you know, you know weather can change quickly. Uh, and, uh, you know, the, you know, the ocean's not all that far away and there's a lot of water and whatever. And that often, uh, you know, more more dictates some weather changes in other places. But it looks like it's a possible deluge. Uh, the Rams have won three in a row uh, at this point. They're the number seven seed. Uh, well, they were actually the number seven seed when they won their game last week, but then they dropped to number eight after the Packers win <laughs> on Sunday night. Uh, so we'll have to follow that little playoff race. And hopefully, hopefully there is a playoff race in the NFC, so we'll see what's going on with that. But against the Browns' defense, which we pointed out constantly in the last couple of weeks, is not good on the road. They're really good at home. They're not good on the road. And the uh, Rams against that Browns defense in L.A. last week had 400-plus yards. The Panthers and the Saints, Panthers plus 5.5, Saints minus 5.5, over-under sitting at 37.5. What's the status of quarterback Derek Carr? Limited in practices on both Wednesday and Thursday. Does his status, though, change anything in thinking one way or another about this Saints team? As for the Panthers, their defense gives up 125.2 yards per game on the ground, including 4.2 yards per rush after contact. So will the Saints be able to run? the ball uh, also it seems that uh, it doesn't matter who the offensive coordinator or offensive play caller is everything with Bryce Young is very series to series with him he's just short uh, I'm sorry and uh, reminds me of Kyler Murray to some extent uh, his completion percentage on passes in the middle of the field is just atrocious and uh, it, he was short when he was at Alabama uh, now there's bigger dudes in the NFL, but he was accuracy was not a problem for him then. Uh, Carolina right now is currently constructed with what they have. They've lost guys to injury, but I think their defense was actually pretty decent before the season started. Right now they're the worst team in the NFL, and I can't imagine who's even you know close to them. They're really really bad. 
Uh, on the other hand, the Derek Carr thing, uh, apparently the shoulder injury uh, that he had last week and the back problem, those are okay. He just has yet to pass a concussion protocol as of yesterday. They did lose Marcus May, uh, who was already suspended this year for a while. And when he didn't play, their defense was actually worse. Now he's been placed on IR with an injury that has nothing to do with his previous suspension. And the Saints' home field advantage in recent years is long gone. Uh, the last 20 home games, straight up, the Saints are now 8-12 and 12 at home. The Colts and the Bengals. Colts plus one and a half, Bengals minus one and a half, over under sitting at 43 and a half. The Colts have won four in a row, and that's four in a row by a combined 14 points. Gardner Minshew, will he be able to avoid the big mistake against this defense? Zach Moss, though, at running back, has been really good for the Colts. In fact, according to Next Gen Stats, 0.97 rush yards over expected per attempt. Meanwhile, which Jake Browning is showing up at quarterback for the Bengals here? Is it going to be the one against Jacksonville that was 8 of 12 for 151 yards and a touchdown against the Blitz? Also, Joe Mixon had some carries, 19 for 68 yards and two touchdowns. Yeah, actually, I think a lot of the Browning's success, and he even mentioned this after the game in his rather lengthy interview in the post game on ESPN because Lisa Salters just wanted to continue to talk to him and good for her. Uh, but he mentioned how the running game really helped open up that passing game. Uh, the, 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 you know, the Bengals' running game this year has been ter- terrible. Uh, in fact, heading into last week, they were 31st in attempts per game. They didn't even try to run the ball. And obviously most of those with Burrow at quarterback. So I'm far from convinced that Cincinnati is going to be able to keep doing this because, you know, last week seemed to be just kind of a, uh, you know, a fluke uh, in many ways. So uh, if they do it again, maybe uh, I'll be more of a believer uh, you mentioned Min, uh, Minshew. Uh, the other thing, one of the biggest reasons they've won four in a row is he's made a bunch of big plays. And most of those have been to Pittman. And I think it's really accurate and maybe close to inarguable to say that right now they have a better chance. The, the reason they're this good in the playoff race right now is because Minshew is the quarterback. Because I can't imagine that Anthony Richards, Anthony Richardson would have developed into a passing quarterback at any point this season. Uh, just based on what we saw at Florida and when he did play this season, uh, you know, his accuracy was atrocious. Uh, the good news for uh, you know, the Colts here is that Grover Stewart, a tremendous run stuffer as a defensive tackle. He is back from his NFL suspension. And also they've gotten a tremendous pass rush of late. In our last four games, the Colts have 21 sacks. That they do. I guess the question is, can they go on the road and keep well, this I, going? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I'm in a pool, and I've got them in the pool. I'm not gonna, I don't have a bet on them, and I'm probably not going to have a bet on them. But I think, uh, you know, forced to pick. Uh, I think that the Colts, I have more faith in the Colts right now, uh, really on both sides of the ball, than I do the Bengals. They might be worth a look at a teaser leg if you compare it with something else that you like. That's you. I'm done with (laughs) teasers, but you go ahead. We'll get into more NFL on the other side of the break with Friday Spread brought to you by Vaughn Hansen's Meat and Spirits in the Extra Point. Ready to bring KDUS AM 1060 into your home with Alexa? Hi, I'm Alexa. Download the KDUS AM 1060 skill and enable. Then say, Alexa, open the KDUS AM 1060. This is where I start my day. 
Waking up hour number one on this Friday, December 8th. We're in the Friday spread brought to you by Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits. Check them out at vonhansensmeats.net and pay them a visit at 2390 North Alma School in Chandler. If you're trying to figure out what you want to serve for your holiday dinner upcoming, I'm sure Von Hansen's Meats and Spirits has some ideas for you. Back to the NFL action here for week 14 on Sunday morning. The Jaguars and the Browns. The Jags plus three, Browns minus three, over under sitting at 32 and a half. It's so hard to even really have much to say about this game because if it's C.J. Beathard for the Jags, he also is popped up on the injury report. Maybe it's... Trevor Lawrence making a miraculous recovery from his sprained ankle. Uh, it could also be DTR for the Browns as he's cleared concussion protocol. It also could be Joe Flacco, but Kevin Stefanski not naming a starter just yet. And then other injury-related things. Jaguars uh, lost Christian Kirk. They put him on IR today as he did have surgery on uh, a core muscle and he could miss six to eight weeks. Yeah, and along those injury lines with Jacksonville, Walker, Walker Little, who's already their, you know, was their left guard. They moved him to left tackle, and Cam Rogers, Robinson went on IR. Well, Little was also injured in that game on Monday night. They don't think he's – in fact, it seems like of all these guys we mentioned, he's the least likely to play this week, uh, other than Kirk, who, as you mentioned, was placed on IR. So he's uh, basically out to, I believe, it's the final week of the regular season at this point for Jacksonville. As far as the, the Flacco thing, um, I think it's, you know, DTR is yet to clear concussion protocol. So I wonder if Stefanski is, you know, why make an announcement if he's not even cleared? Uh, so it sounded like, I listened to part of Stefanski's press conference earlier this week, sounded like that if DTR was healthy enough to play, that he was going to play. Also, you got Amari Cooper, who left last week with a concussion. I haven't heard a word about him this week. Uh, so we'll see what's up with that. And uh, the good news for Cleveland is, you know, even though Garrett played last week with the shoulder thing, he had zero tackles, by the way, in that game against the Rams. Uh, Denzel Ward also didn't play, and he was significantly missed in that game last week. He's supposed to be back this week. That's the good news. But that's really the best news for Cleveland on the injury front that I'm aware of. The other thing for Cleveland, uh, they're back at home, and this Browns defense at home is allowing just 3.4 yards per play. Yeah. So good things happen for them on defense at home. The Buc- Buccaneers right. and the – And they, they've been awful on the road. I mean, this has been going on all year, and people just didn't want to accept this. In almost every road game that they have – they've not been good on the road defensively. The Buccaneers and the Falcons, Bucks plus two and a half, Falcons minus two and a half, over under sitting at 40 and a half. The Bucks, they're just one in seven against teams that are currently 500 or better. Baker Mayfield, I can't quite make out his season. He's been banged up. The O-line has been bad. He's made some plays. He's not made some plays. So, I don't know. At this point, it's kind of like this is this is Baker Mayfield. As for the Falcons, I've determined that they are poorly coached, but they certainly can run the ball, so they should have some success. I guess. I mean, I have no idea how to handicap this game. Uh, Tristan Wirfs, the best offensive lineman for Tampa, I don't think he's going to play. Uh, he had to leave that game last week because of injury. It didn't look good that he was going to be able to play uh, at least as of Thursday. Uh, so I'm not sure if that's changed today. As far as Atlanta goes, A.J. Terrell, their best defensive back, he got injured last week. And if he's not able to play, 
Somebody has to try to figure out how to slow down Mike Evans, who uh, even with Mayfield's inconsistency, Evans is astonishingly, and to his credit, still been really good this year. Yes, 10 straight years as a 1,000-yard receiver. That's pretty impressive. With about, One. With, with about five different quarterbacks. Five different quarterbacks, <laughs> and then just to stay healthy enough to hit that number for 10 straight years. True. Very good point. More Friday spread on the other side of the break. Brian Lewis at 1215.